is going on? Wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Is this microphone on? I just want to make sure that you can hear me. Welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast. Oh my goodness, we're 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 back again. Episode number seven, season number three. I'm your host, Larry Long Jr., CEO, the Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises. Cold Calling Podcast, powered by our great friends at Monster Connect. Leveraging technology to deliver actual conversations for you. Yes, you, B2B sellers. We want to connect you with 8 to 12 decision makers every hour. Yes, you heard me right. 8 to 12 decision makers for conversations every hour. Now, our hope is to provide you with valuable insights from sales reps and leaders to help you take your game to that next level. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you thrive in sales. And that's why we're here. Now, hey, I am thrilled to welcome our next guest. He's got extensive experience in sales. I took a look at it over 20 plus years as a rep, as a leader, and now a founder. And and I'm going to call him California Dreaming, even though he's coming from across the pond. But he's the founder of an outsourced new business generation sales provider, providing consultancy, training, and helping you schedule those meetings, the founder of Dreamer. From the southeast of England in the county of Penn, I hope I got that right, let's give a warm, cold calling podcast. Put your hands together for Mr. Owen (laughs) What an intro. What an intro. Thank you very much for having me on, Larry. Really appreciate it. Wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. So great to see you across the pond. Owen, I'd like to get started because I, I want to know you and our listeners and our viewers want to know you. So we call this the who, the what, and the why. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Mm, okay, so who? I'm going to start by giving you and all the viewers my full name. I was blessed to be given five names. I'm very proud of them. They represent each and part of my heritage. So you have Owen, uh, which actually should be pronounced Owine because it's Welsh. Um, You have Henri, H-E-N-R-I. That's French because I was born in Paris. You have Chloelin, which is Welsh. That was my father. He was Welsh. Lala Narina is my fourth name, and that is a Malagasy name because my mum was from Madagascar, and then Williams. Williams is quite a bit of an anticlimax, my surname, but there you go. There's my five names representing each part of my heritage. Um, So, yeah, that's who I am. What do I do? So I, at the moment, run uh, Dreamer, uh, my company, which I started three years ago now. And I am a career salesperson. I have worked in sales since my very first job, which was selling ice creams um, down on the seafront because I, I'm blessed to live uh, on the sea. And yeah, it was selling ice creams and then I moved into selling double glazing, appointment setting there. Then I, I spent a few years working in the timeshare industry and then came back to England and have worked... Um, worked for a good long time and still do a little bit in IT sales. 
And um, yeah, then I'll run Dreamer as well. So that's the what and the why. The why. Well, I have always been a confident person. Uh, I played uh, football, and I mean football as in our football over here uh, that we use our feet with. <laughs> uh, I played football at, at quite a good standard from from a young age, and it's quite natural, you know, for a lot of people who play at good standard that they just have an inner confidence. I've never been shy with people. Uh, I've always enjoyed meeting people, speaking to people, and found that quite easy and enjoy it. Love to know more about people, build relationships. I've got a wide network of lots of different groups of friends. Um, and so it was natural that I, I did fall into sales. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go through school wanting to be a salesperson. I fell into it when uh, I needed to get a job during college and, and um, found a job appointment setting for the double glazing company um, and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Didn't get put off by the, the rejection. Um, and it's just progressed from there. It's just a natural job for me to do. You know, it's nothing that I find challenging in, in the concept of dealing with people. Um, and in the previous to setting up Dreamer, the IT company I said that I, I still do some work for, I, I I'd become their sales director. I was their sales director for 10 years and then reached the ceiling within the business. Um, so very amicably agreed to, to, to resign from my position there uh, and set up Dreamer. Didn't have any intent to kind of become a competing business with what they do, far bigger than what I could ever uh, imagine to be. And yeah, I was flying solo for a couple of years um, and, and sales is just me. That's my why. I really enjoy it. Um, of course, there is some good money to be earned. Yeah, yeah, that's that is the reality. I have a family to provide for. I have three sons, a wife. I am the sole breadwinner in our family, so it's natural, and that's my why. It's something I enjoy. I find natural, and I'm a big, big advocate for promoting sales as a career, uh, career choice. Because I don't know how it is in in, in uh, your part of the world, but still in the UK it's not presented in in schools as a career choice for people um and you know you and i and many many people will know that if you have fundamental sales skills not only are you able to maybe work in sales but they translate into lots of other careers and so i'm a big big drum banger for more young people to purposefully consider working and pursuing a career in sales Man, oh man, oh man, you came out the gates and just dropped the mic. Come on, O-Wine, why you got to do that? <laughs> I normally do a segment I call Spill the Tea. So I was doing my research and I did a thing. I prepped it on your LinkedIn profile. You got the pronunciation of your name and you <laughs> went in and I was close. I'm going to be honest with you. I had you at Owen Henri and I had that spelled H-E-N-R-Y. Shame on me, Cluellen Lavendorena Williams. So I, I was off on the Lelen Lelen Norena. Is that Lala Norena? It's it, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. L A L A N I R I N A. 
Oh, goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, that, that's not Welsh. The Clewellyn is Welsh. Clewellyn's Welsh. Owen is Welsh. Uh, Lalan Arena is Malagasy from Madagascar. My, um, so my mother, my mother was born in Madagascar. I still have cousins and aunts and uncles in Madagascar uh, through inheritance because my mother died some years ago through inheritance. I'm a landowner over there, which uh, I think one of my cousins just manages. Um, and I will take my family over there. I will absolutely take It's a big journey from where we are in England. Um, I've only ever been once in my life when I was 10. I could still remember quite, quite a big, uh, big chunk of that trip. But I will go back with my own family uh, at one point. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast. We talk about all things cold calling, sales, business. And I just want to learn from you. Oh, I, I'm here to learn. Our, our viewers, our listeners are here to learn. I want to hear from you. Boom, 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 boom. Give me the pulse uh, in, in the state of cold calling and its effectiveness in today's changing environment. I want to hear what you're seeing, what you're feeling, because you're you're a seasoned veteran. You're a grizzled veteran in this game. <laughs> Talk to me about what you're seeing, hearing, and feeling right now. Mm. Okay, so from my own experience, cold calling is still the most effective channel to start conversations. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn uh, and my mind is always open. You know, I, I, I'm always open to considering other things. And I've tried other methods of starting conversations and none for me yet are as successful as picking up the phone. Um, so from my own experience, it's still the best channel for starting conversations. But of course, as is the way of the world, you know, there, there are plenty of people who, who maybe deliberately uh, don't have phones so you can't get hold of them and you have to find other ways. And that's understanding, of course, your target audience you know, as part of any campaign. And I'm obviously maybe going to say something very obvious to a lot of people, maybe to not, uh, to, uh, um, not to some. But before you start any campaign, you have to be clear on who you're going after. Yeah. And then as part of that assessment, who we're going after, where do these people, where can I get them? Where can I find them? Where can I engage with them? And that differs from you know, campaign to campaign. And there are plenty of campaigns where maybe using the phone is ineffective. It's probably a waste of time because you just won't be able to get hold of those people that way. Um, so from my own experience, cold calling still remains that. But I do... I do fully respect, um, I'm not one of those people who will sh shout down other people getting success in other ways, but from my own experience, the phone is still the primary method, and I think it embeds some great skills to be able to communicate uh, with a variety of different people, capture their attention, whereas arguably in other channels, you're going to struggle to do that, aren't you? Oh, big time, big time. Well, well tell me more. I'm going to double dip. I know you're not supposed to stack questions, but hey, I'm a rebel without a cause. Talk to me about those skills that are necessary to have success in cold calling. And then I want to know specifically, 
how have you had the longevity that you've had and the success that you've had as a cold caller, as a leader of cold callers, and now as a founder? It's just bow, bow, bow. I want to know the keys to your success. So first the skills and then the keys to your success. Unlock it for us. Yeah. Okay. So skills, skills. Uh, I'm, I'm, whenever I'm asked that question, I regularly will, uh, say active listening. Uh, active listening is absolutely key. And, and just for people who might not have heard that term before, there's a fundamental difference between listening politely, patiently waiting for the other person to finish speaking, just so you can suddenly start saying whatever you want to say. And an active listening, which is I am listening to what you're saying. And then whatever I say next is relevant to what you've just said. Yeah. Big difference between those two skills and plenty of people confuse them. They just say listening. Within an extension of that, active listening is very important. But I think what comes before that is asking great questions. Yeah. Open-ended questions. Or at the right time in the process, a closed question if you just want a definitive answer. But the open-ended ones, obviously the ones that get conversation going, that get the other person thinking, uh, maybe put them on the spot a little bit, but asking quality questions, then practicing active listening, and then whatever you say next at the appropriate time relevant to that conversation, key, key skills, you know, of course, you can talk about how you open a call. You know, plenty of people will try using your permission-based openers. Plenty of people might be, you know, uh, um, use how are you and try and be a bit friendly, rapport building. There's, there's, there is no, from my observation, there's no one uh, way of opening a call that trumps everything else. Yeah, it's down to the individual, and. Tone is, of course, important. The words, it's not necessarily the what you say, it's how you're going to say them. You know, if you inject some energy and enthusiasm into your voice, you stand a better chance of at least capturing that initial attention to buy you more time to, to, to have a conversation. And I'd imagine from watching some of your previous podcasts, Larry, you have obviously an amazing energy. Fantastic. It's a great attribute to have. And I have something similar. I wouldn't say it's on the same scale as yours, but so many times over my, my, my career, I've had people say comments like, oh, well, what, what did you have for breakfast? Or somebody got out of the right side of the bed, you know, and, oh, wow, you're really happy, which is a great thing because, of course, it works the other way around. If you call up and you're talking like this, you're just going to bore somebody. And straight away, nobody wants to speak to someone who sounds like, you know, they've just heard of a death in their family or something. You know, you're not going to capture their attention. But, and this is what I was going to say about you will probably recognize this. You can sometimes actually be over the top and and put off people with too much energy. Um, and, and, and in doing so, you might actually conform to a lot of people's stereotypical image of a salesperson, a telephone salesperson. You know, they're too happy. They're too chirpy. They're being too friendly, seeing as we're strangers. So you've got to constantly assess, you know, and, and try be have an open mind to try different ways to open a call, different questions, recognizing you cannot approach every single call 
saying the same things every single time because you're dealing with a variety of different people. And that makes it hard because before you pick up the phone, you might not be able to get that much insight as to who you're calling. And it's very much, you know, ask a question, pause, you know, make a statement, pause. I'm a big one for pauses. And anybody who hopefully has worked with me over the years will recognize that, that I'm very much, if you ask a question, or even if you just make a statement, you have to pause. You have to allow the other person to react. You know, that might even be something like, hi, good morning, this is Owen. Pause. Just to see, you know, and you might get people just, they might take an, uh, an inhale of breath. They might say, hi, you know, they might say, what do you want? But you have to give them that chance to react. And then that should help you start understanding, right, what do I do next? Because of this, how this person's reacted. It's a crime, a massive, massive crime that I've seen plenty of people I've worked with in the past do and been guilty of myself. But they ask a question and then don't allow the other person to answer. <laughs> or even worse, ask an open-ended question, but then immediately close it down with two choices. You think it's ridiculous. So to go back to that, that original thing you said there, skills is being able to ask great questions and then practice active listening. Um, is it a skill to be able to, to have your mind open, to, to be able to understand that something that might have worked well for you yesterday becomes redundant tomorrow? Maybe it's a trait. I'm not so sure it's a skill, but it's very important to be able to reinvent yourself. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I look back at how I used to do cold calling 10 years ago, how I do it now, it's probably very, very different. And you've got to reinvent yourself. And then this is going to put certainly into the context of, of the topic, of main topic of this one. This is even more important as we start to move in and we're now going to get the younger generations coming into the world of work who have grown up communicating in a very different way. Um, we might not start to see that really impact maybe five, 10 plus years, but it is coming. Um, how I've been able to build a life, you know, you asked me that, you know, the things that I've done over the years, you've got to detach from an outcome. Yeah, of course, if, if you're, if you are the type of person who, and this is not to, 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 to rubbish anybody who's like this, because some people like that, but if you really take rejection to heart and it throws you off, sales isn't for you. <laughs> sales is not for you. Don't even bother trying it because you will face so much rejection and you've just got to move on, detach from it um, because you realize, okay, you might get someone very aggressive, rude, and that might throw you off for a minute or two, but guarantee if you just pick up another call, another call within five minutes, you've forgotten that call. You've moved on. So you have to be able to you know, be able to deal with rejection, detach from any kind of perceived outcomes um you know follow a process of course you know be clear about what you're aiming to do but for me it's just the perseverance the perseverance being willing to open your mind uh and amend your communication as much as possible so that what you're saying is 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 worded from the perspective of the benefit to the other person you know if it's i i i have a lot of positive uh, possessive pronouns so what you know i don't care you know what you do 
what does it mean for me? And you have to be able to convey that very, very quickly to capture attention. Ooh, that's powerful. Asking great questions. Truly, actively listening, being mm. relevant in the conversation, open-minded to new ideas. The tone, not just what you say, but how you say it. Mm. And then the power of the pause. That, that was a true masterclass right there. <laughs> now, I love the, the keys to your success. Detaching from the outcome. Being able to deal with rejection, following a process and perseverance. I played a sport called baseball. I think y'all call it rounders. I, I was there across <laughs> the pond. They said, oh, you play that rounders game. And then everyone laughed. I didn't find out until later that it, I guess it's a schoolgirl game that they play. Uh, the joke was on me. <laughs> now, you yeah. mentioned about your confidence. You, you talked about your confidence earlier. And mm. you talked about playing football, the real football. <laughs> Go the a little bit. Who's your squad? Who's your team? Well, you might have just seen this cup that I just started drinking from Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my team. We used to be a great team. Uh, <laughs> not so. I don't know if you follow football, Larry, but at the moment we're having a bit of a good period. But we haven't been the club that we were for for many, many, many years, um, but that's my team. There's always next year. Two funny stories. <laughs> Number one, my wife is from Argentina, so she said, don't ever tell anyone from England that you're married to an Argentine. Uh, uh, I guess there's some bad blood there with the, the hand of the, the hand, yeah, Diego. Yeah, the hand of God, the Falkland Wars. I mean, the Falkland Wars was before my time. The hand of God, I was, I was just born at the time, so... You know, it's, I don't mind it. I don't have, I think it's an older generation thing. You know, there was obviously the 1998 World Cup where one of their players got our players sent off. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a fan of beauty, of talent. And, and of course, in Argentina, they have, they have the world's best player, arguably maybe the world's best ever player. Um, for me, Zidane, Zinedine Zidane. Do you know the name Zinedine Zidane? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, for me, he's the he's the goat. Um, you know, he won everything you can win. Uh, but of course, Lionel Messi uh, is, is 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 amazing, and we're blessed to be alive in a time when he's he's he's, he's been playing. A true talent. The second story, one of our past guests in season number two, Nathan Bird, the Birdman. He's from Nantwich, England, and he grew up a Manchester United fan. Well, he and I played on a co-ed soccer team, and our kit was of Man City. His oh. girlfriend, now wife, took a picture and sent it to his dad. His dad wouldn't talk to him for three weeks. I said, Nathan, that's absurd. He said, Larry. You don't understand mm, how deep mm. it runs. I guess his dad's blood was boiling that his son would be wearing the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in Manchester, you, you know, as I said, I'm not from Manchester, uh, which is which is quite regularly uh, something I get insulted by. You know, uh, there's a big contingent of Southern Reds in, in England. But I do know that in Manchester, 
there is a strong hatred amongst you know mancunians you're either red or blue and and yeah you don't mix that at all that is hilarious now you teased it and we're gonna go there i'm curious your thoughts around the new generation i know mm. Right now, and we'll get to it, there's the whole chat GPT, the, the use of AI, but you mentioned a, a, an interesting concept that I think our listeners will be fascinated by. I want to know your thoughts as you think about Gen Z, this new generation, and their communication preferences, their mm. communication trends, I guess you could say. <laughs> what are your thoughts in terms of the impact that we might see in the world of sales, in the world of cold calling, smiling and dialing. I know how strongly you feel about this phone being powerful. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something that's been floating around my head for uh, at least a year. Yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier, I have three sons. My eldest is 15. Ooh. And you know he's had a phone for like, four years or something. I don't think I've ever seen him make a phone call. Never make a phone. Never make a phone call, nor receive a phone call. And you know that, that he's not he's not alien in doing that. That is the reality of of that world. So you've got the Gen Zs who are growing up, the communication preferences, not making phone calls. The concept is alien to them. You know, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure when I've said it to him before, you can see this strange look. Why would I do that? I can just text, you know. So you've got the Gen Zs, then you've got the younger millennials. You know, I'm I'm officially a millennial. I'm like right on the cusp, born in '82. But uh, you know, the younger ones, same story. They have grown up. Their preferences, instant messaging, texting, WhatsApp, you know, whatever other forms, Snapchat. They don't make phone calls. They don't make them. They don't receive them. And we're already starting to see the younger millennials, you know, becoming in, in, into the world of work, and and soon enough they'll become decision makers and then in positions of authority. Then when you get the Gen Z in, who have grown up communicating in a very different way to how the rest of well older generations have, you think quite logically they're not going to have the skill set to be making phone calls to be using the phone, and also. They're certainly not going to be open to receiving phone calls because that's not how they've communicated. And it does make you think, well, what does that mean then? What does that mean for the world of sales and engagement? Um, yeah, and it's 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 not too far down the road. You know, I'm 42. Well, I'm going to be 42 in a couple of months. A couple of months. So, you know, I I think... You know, touch wood, so long as I continue to live for many, many more years, you know, I think I will, towards the back end of my career, will really see this happen. You know, we'll start to see this real shift. And I might become a dinosaur then um, and struggle to engage in a way that I have done for many, many years with people, with the right type of people. So, yeah, what does it mean for forward-thinking businesses? You know, um, they certainly have to think about their strategies. And, and, and if you are solely reliant on using the phone for outbound, it's time to start thinking about how you start changing that, you know, how you add in other channels, other methods. So, yeah, I mean, 
you mentioned AI, ChatGBT. Of course, it's 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 not something we can ignore. Not necessarily sure. It's yeah, it's it's a different kind of topic from the communication preferences. It's there. The people who are fearful in sales of AI replacing their job, I think that says something about their capabilities. You know, if if you know, obviously, I did hear there was there was a call actually floated around LinkedIn few months back um someone i think it was a complete ai tesla was it maybe tesla do, do you remember hearing that there was no, a call it was an ai conversation yeah it was an ai it, it was i think it was tesla and this ai made a call and it was a complete ai you know there was no human being it called a human and and I wasn't sure, having listened back to it, I wasn't sure whether the human at any point did realize, you know, when you listen to it, maybe it was because you're already biased trying to listen for the robot. But I, I thought, well, it's quite obvious. But it was actually quite slick. Um, and so that is interesting. But again, it doesn't really matter. You can have an AI make calls. But if the other people aren't on the other end accepting calls, it's irrelevant. <laughs> so yeah interesting interesting indeed and i think forward thinking businesses need to yeah if they're not already thinking about it need to stop thinking very seriously what does this mean for our our future and how we generate interest and find new clients Ooh, owen i, I got i gotta give you props man because i haven't heard much talk around the generations it's and, and you you said it best forward thinking not mm. that are thinking about the right now but i know you said five years ten years down the road as you progress you're thinking about this i appreciate you sharing that and for those that are listening in tuning in a little bit louder for the people in the back you should be aware of you should be thinking through what is your strategy going to look like mm. in the long term when folks are not picking up the phone because they've never picked up the phone. They've, they've communicated with the Twitter fingers. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. How are you going to reach them? How are you going to engage? Now, Owen, I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to I get into your brain. As you think through this, what is your strategy? If, if you're over the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this... What really prompted it is for some time I've had an idea, uh, and it's not a revolutionary idea, plenty of other people have done it, but creating a, an academy of sorts. You know, I have a big passion for, I think I said this right at the beginning, for, yeah, I did, about how I, I am a big sales advocate. You know, I want to encourage more young people to, con to deliberately uh, consider working in sales and gaining sales skills. And I particularly like, working with young people who have failed academically you know they haven't got good uh, uh, grades in their studies they might not have even finished education i, I don't know how it is in in the uh, in the, the us but certainly here in in the uk there's a lot of kind of emphasis that academic achievement is is the route to success now you and i know and plenty of other people know that it isn't a guarantee for success in sales. It doesn't matter really what you achieved academically, that has no bearing on your abilities to be successful in sales, yeah? So I particularly like to work with young people who haven't done well at school, 
and the system here is telling them that their paths are pretty bleak you know they will have their futures aren't really positive they'll do lots of menial jobs and to get those young people as long as they've got some some inner traits you know that they're coachable they have ambition they're personable i like to work with them and train them give them sales skills so that they can either pursue a career in sales or use those skills to achieve success in other ways in life so within that, then it was this concept of a sales academy, which is still floating around my head. Just I have so many plates spinning. It's not something I can actually give proper time to. But then when I recently was rethinking about it again, I said, well, if I'm looking at maybe doing that in two years time. I'm going to be going in talking about the phone to a bunch of people who will be looking at me like I'm an alien. <laughs> and that's then what led me to think, right, OK, wow. What are we doing about it? What am I going to do about it? So to answer your question, what am I going to do about it? Yeah, I've been exploring using email marketing uh, about six months ago, had a little, little run at doing some cold email marketing. Failure, yeah? Doesn't mean I won't try it again, but it was a failure. Uh, I understand why it was a failure. I think cold email marketing is a very difficult uh, channel to be success in. Obviously, email marketing, which you've got some engagement, different different uh, context, but cold email marketing, very difficult. You've, of course, got content marketing, demand generation, but all of those still require, you know, uh, engaging someone cold, you know, um, you can use your digital marketing, you can use your social media, look to create brand awareness better using you know, um, digital technologies, SEO. But where does it come down to? Basically, it's just trying to explore all of the different channels that are available to start conversations, to capture attention from the right people. Um, and that's, all, that's what I'm going through a process of doing. You know, for my own business, test, you know, review, analyze, go again. Test, review, analyze, go again. To work out, to find out from the here and now, of course, but also in the future, so that when you do see this absolute shift where you've got the older generation have all retired, you've got these younger generation now in the position of authority, that we're not at that point then having to start and think, oh, how do we engage with them? We would have gone through two to five years worth of testing to hopefully then be in a position where we're much clearer on how, what are the best ways to continue engaging for the future. Owen, this is fascinating. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, where did this, because it, I won't say it's not normal, but I don't hear this very often. Someone who's passionate about serving young people specifically mm. young people that have not had academic success might come from environments that aren't your traditional success stories where did that come from yeah okay so in my past life prior to setting up the biz uh, dreamer i mentioned that i worked for some time for this uh, it wholesaler and during that time recruited numerous apprentices um young people and in all openness, took great pleasure from, and I can think off the top of my head, at least five examples of where 
a 16 to 18 year old came in, you know, from a broken home, maybe on the poverty line, um, not very confident, but in a very short period of time relevant in life, you know, that might be one to two years. From them being able to learn sales skills and apply those and achieve some success, the transformation in their circumstances was really amazing to see, really pleasurable. You know, there's one guy in particular who I'm still engaged with. You know, I, he was one of my last hires, actually, before I ended up leaving. Um, and he was full of energy right at the beginning. But, you know, the energy, you, I couldn't necessarily channel it in the right way to the phone. So we moved him away from going to phones, put him on an admin base role for a little bit. Yeah. Then he moved into sales. And after I left, he was under the leadership of, of, of my successor there. He's done a fantastic job with him. And at 22 years old, he's now just about to complete on his first uh, property purchase. 22 years old. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing, Larry. It's amazing. And he's buying this house by himself he's not in a relationship you know i know he doesn't come from money at all um but he has been able to do that he failed academically by the way you know he's, he did really badly at school but regardless of all of that because he can sell because he can engage with people because he can learn those skills he has transformed his future and he has set himself up a very i mean i don't I don't know about you when you bought your first property. I certainly wasn't 22 when I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and property prices where we live are ridiculously high as well. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing achievement for him. And yeah, I don't take credit for that at all. I played a part in it. I was there at the start for him. And he's just one example. So I know how transformative working in sales can be irrespective of what you did or didn't achieve in school. And, and I take amazing pleasure from playing a part in helping people transform their futures. Owen, I applaud you. I encourage you. What you're doing is having great impact. And uh, I give you credit for, for helping these folks that might not have someone in their corner to really knock out and thrive in life. That's what we need more of. So, so for the folks that are out there, let's make sure that we amplify. Let's make sure that we support everything that O-Line has going on. <laughs> where, where, where can folks get in touch with you? Where, where's the best place to uh, to connect with you? Yeah, well, I, I, um, I use LinkedIn very regularly. Uh, I post my own content frequently. I, I engage with lots of other people's content. So that's certainly one way to find me. My website is is uh, dreamer.co.uk. Dreamer is spelled, well, as you can see on the screen, differently. Oh, just on that one, Larry, let me take the opportunity just to give people the explanation behind the name. Um, Dreamer is a portmanteau of dragon and lima. So the dragon is a Welsh symbol, which is my father, and the, the lima is a Malagasy symbol. It's, a, it's an animal indigenous to Madagascar. The Lima, and so take part of Lima, part of Dragon, and you have Dreamer. Um, so that's that's the history behind that name. Um, represents them. I lost them several years ago, uh, and and I came up with the name actually 
Oh, 17 years ago now on their 25th uh, wedding anniversary, I wrote them a poem. Wow. And I came up with the name Dreamer at the time, but I was you know, well employed with the, the other company. So I had no thought process to use it in a, in a business sense. Then obviously when my circumstances changed and I was thinking I need to come up for a name of my business, it was there straight away. Of course, it has marketing connotations about dreams and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that's the history. Sorry. Sorry just to, to take side subject. But, yeah, my website, dreamer.co.uk, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, has contact details on there. My email is owen at dreamer.co.uk. For anybody who wants to get in touch, I'm not difficult to find. I love it. I love it. And that's Owen, spelled O-W-A-I-N. Let's make sure that we support all the amazing things that Owen has going on. Now, Owen, last week, last, last week we had a guest, Will Barfield, and it was on Valentine's Day. I, I got to ask you, if there's one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners and our viewers, give us some love. What, what, what piece of advice do you want to give to our listeners and viewers as they go about trying to have success, trying to follow in your footsteps and have success in cold calling, in sales, and in life. What's that one big piece of advice? Yeah. Let me just think. Pause momentarily to think. Okay. You are never the finished article until life is finished for you yeah so what i that's a quote i actually have pinned, pinned up on one of the walls in our office uh and it came inspired by my, my previous boss he used to regularly say that um but where that what, what i actually mean by that is you have to keep an open mind to find what works best for you as an individual yeah there is no guarantee that you could sit next to the best salesperson and just mirror what they do and get the same results. Doesn't work like that, unfortunately not. Soak it up. Soak it up. Take from that person, oh, I think I could say that. Yeah, I could be comfortable saying that. I'm going to put that into how I operate. That person over there, they say something different. I think I could be comfortable saying that. And you have to constantly be assessing yourself and realize you know if you say i've always done it that way that's a that's a warning sign a warning sign i've always done it that way fine but is it continuing to get you the results so find what works best for you as an individual by soaking up as much as possible from other people there is no one way that trumps everything else for everybody it's about what find, what working best for you and then maximize that. Maximize your strengths as a priority whilst also looking to improve your weaknesses, but not the other way around. Not think, what am I weak at? I need to sharpen those up. First, understand, what am I good at? What am I good at? And then I need to be excellent at. Then I need to be above all at. You know, maximize my strengths first and work on my weaknesses simultaneously. I love it. Do you mind repeating that quote? You're never the finished article until you're finished with life. Ooh. I love it. I love it. And, and I got I got to thank you. I can't thank you enough for so many mic drop moments, but that was right <laughs> there. 
one of the best. You are never a finished article until you're finished with life. Soak it up. Keep an open mind. Find out what works for you as an individual. Owen, Owen, come on now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of myself, on behalf of Monster Connect, the Cold Calling Podcast, our viewers and listeners, we send you sincere thanks. Thank you so much for just sharing wisdom, knowledge, and your experience. So uh, for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in. Please join us next Wednesday, February the 28th, same bat time, same bat place, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific, as we welcome Amy Milner, Executive Vice President of Partner Sales at Abstract Marketing Group. You don't want to miss it. We're continuing to give you knowledge to take your game to that next level. Thank you for coming out. God bless you and good night. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks, Larry. (laughs) 